0: surprisingly i've been for your next mistake I put in work and watch my welcome into the punt and, punt, punt and pass podcast i'm your host drew butler riding man, solo for another episode job, like all, here on and punt, and punt and pass be sure to follow us on twitter and instagram at punt and pass and be sure to follow me on twitter and instagram at Drew Butler, we love it when you listen to the show. We love it when you rate, review, and subscribe to Punt and Pass wherever you listen to podcasts. And I got a review yesterday. It was fired up. You know, I have an app that tells me when people rate, review, and subscribe. Makes me feel good. Keeps me updated. Lets me get some feedback. And I got a one-star review yesterday. And I was like, damn. So let's read it. It's from Nicole in Georgia. And she... Titles this review, for the love of football, stop talking until there's something to talk about. She gave me one star. She continues, I have loved this podcast for a few years, but I can't take another second of Drew's useless opinions about the pandemic. The solo episodes feel like a waste of time Twitter ramp. Nicole, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. I wish there was. Something else to talk about rather than what's been going on around the world of college football amid the coronavirus pandemic. And I know yesterday's episode was heavy on that because of the doom and gloom headlines that came about after the weekend and all the positive tests from multiple different schools and players being quarantined and teams stopping workouts. But um, I cannot wait. I I am. In lockstep with you, I cannot wait until we have more consistent news headlines to talk about that will have to do with actually playing games in the fall. So, Nicole, thanks for listening. Hope we haven't lost you. I apologize if you don't like my opinions or you find them useless. Maybe most of you do, but nonetheless, I really appreciate you writing a review and giving me some feedback. That is always extremely helpful. I got a couple of news headlines, news articles that I just want to touch base on today, a couple that I thought were kind of interesting, especially around the world of SEC football, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners are in tune with. And speaking of football this fall, an amazing article came out yesterday, and it had to do with the city of Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and what would happen to the city of Tuscaloosa, Alabama from an an economic standpoint if there were to be no college football. Tuscaloosa's mayor came out and said that if there were no college football this fall, it would be a, quote, economic catastrophe for the city of Tuscaloosa. Projected approximately $2 billion in lost revenue. Billion with a B. Think about that. Four months. Call it August. Really call it September to December. If Tuscaloosa, Alabama missed out on four months of the University of Alabama's football, the city of Tuscaloosa, Alabama would lose out on $2 billion of revenue. That right there should tell you exactly why college football is going to happen This fall. That's it. There is no way. And I think Alabama is probably one of the best positioned universities to be able to withstand a fall without college football. But the mayor of Tuscaloosa says a lost Alabama football season could cost the town $2 billion. That is unheard of. That's truly unbelievable. Unbelievable. Alabama's economic impact from the 2015-2016 home football games had a total statewide impact of $175.5 million. That's an average of $25.1 million per game. That's from 2015-2016. You know those numbers have gradually gone up. That's insane. And I'll tell you right now, again... That eye-popping figure certainly lets you know why there will be football this fall. Again, we don't know what it will look like. We do not know what the stands will be consisting of as far as fan interaction. But I can promise you, football will be played this fall. I really do feel that positive about it. And I think that article right there tells you why. Think of all the other great college towns... In this nation, from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, to Athens, Georgia, to Madison, Wisconsin, all over, there will be college football this fall. Too much money at stake. Too much money at stake. Speaking of money, the other news article that I wanted to touch on, and I kind of laughed when I originally saw the tweet. I said, wow, I I, got to read about this. A guy named Stephen Goffrey writes an article, and he tweets, I wrote about Kentucky, a true destination head coaching job in college football. And you know my longstanding relationship with the University of Kentucky and Kentucky's football fans, and I laugh when I read that out loud. I go, okay. Well, let's give it a whirl. And you start reading this article from BannerSociety.com, and you start to scratch your head and go, wow, this is actually pretty wild. And you start to agree with it. An unnamed source, uh, an SEC assistant coach who's gone unnamed, says, quote, have you ever seen Mark Stoops' contract? Mark has the best effing deal in the country. Really, Mark Stoops at Kentucky. Keep in mind, we're talking Kentucky football, not Kentucky basketball. And another SEC assistant coach is saying that Mark Stoops has the best contract and the best job in college football. You'll remember a year ago after Florida State fired Willie Taggart, Mark Stoops' his name was getting thrown around a lot being connected to the Florida State head coaching job. He was the defensive coordinator there under Jimbo Fisher for a number of years. He obviously recruits the state of Florida very well still as the head coach of Kentucky. But you start reading about this contract that he has at Kentucky, and what do you ever want to leave? Sure, you can have fun and get your name in the headlines and maybe even get the school that you're currently at to bump up your contract. But the Banner Society article writes, Stoops' contract is very nice. His base salary increases annually. In 2020, he's due $4.6 million dollars. But that SEC assistant coach who is saying that he has the best contract and the best job in the nation specifically states this, quote, every time Kentucky wins seven games in the regular season, Stoops' contract is automatically extended by one year. Just seven games. Easier said than done in the SEC, and especially the SEC East, which has been down in recent years, but it seems like Florida and Tennessee are on the way up. Kentucky's obviously been playing pretty well. Georgia is Georgia, and they looks like they will continue to be. But every time Kentucky wins seven games in the regular season, Stoops' contract is automatically extended by one year. So where does that leave him? After Kentucky beat Louisville last season to secure their seventh win, the deal is now set to expire in two, 2026. Think about that. And if he wins just seven games again in 2020, that deal goes through 2027. Think about that job security in the SEC. If Stoops gets fired for cause, he's still guaranteed 75% of his overall deal at the exit. By winning seven regular season games in a bowl in 2019... Stoops made another contractually guaranteed $4.5 million at least. That's amazing. That really is amazing. At an SEC school, to have that type of job security and to have that baseline for success for financial security and for your job security is unbelievable. Unbelievable. The article is fascinating. Read it, at bannersociety.com. I mean, they talk about how Kentucky is a basketball school. That's why seven games is legitimately all they need to maintain even keel in the football program, which allows the popular Kentucky basketball program to take over attention-wise at the end of October into November before the regular season and preseason basketball tournaments start. They talk about the city of Lexington, and really how nice Lexington is. I think most Georgia fans, most SEC East and SEC fans overall look forward to an opportunity to go to Lexington for an away game. It is really nice. But when you're talking about Mark Stoops and really what he's been able to do, I mean, think about the talent that he's had there. Think about the ability to win seven games last year with a wide receiver in Lynn Bowden Jr., who has transitioned over to quarterback. Think about guys like Benny Snell. Remember when Georgia and Kentucky faced off in Lexington in 2018 for the SEC East title, people were comparing Benny Snell statistically to Herschel Walker, which of course was insane. Georgia trounced them. Kentucky has really still never won a big football game. Like legitimately never won a big football game recently with Mark Stoops as head coach. I mean, think about what they did last year against Florida. Absolutely threw that game away for the second year in a row, which is sad. Excuse me. I think for the second time in three years, two years ago, they did win when Cash Daniels uh, at the Swamp had his famous post-game Powerade shower. Emotional press conference with the media afterwards but it's unbelievable it made me think of another coach in the sec right now and why coaches position themselves and get their agents to throw their name in the hat of specific jobs like mark stoops at florida state and they talk about it in the article could mike stoops mark stoops excuse me be waiting for notre dame to open up could that be the job that he would jettison kentucky for How about our boy Butch Jones? I mean, Butch Jones is still an analyst at Tennessee. He was the former Tennessee head coach that we all know and love. At Tennessee, Butch Jones only gets paid $35,000 a year. Why? Because then it won't upset his buyout from Tennessee, which was $8.2 million paid monthly. So while making $35,000... As an analyst at Alabama, he's still clearing monthly checks in the range of $200,000 from his buyout at Tennessee. Since any new pay would mitigate that buyout, the $35,000 from Alabama only subtracts a minimum from the obligation that Tennessee has to Jones through February of 2021. I mean, why don't you think Butch Jones has taken another head coaching job? You hear his name brought up in the mid-major schools, which is where he came from to really make his name in college football. You know he's capable of it. He recruits at a very high level. The talent at Tennessee under Butch Jones was never an issue. It was just the winning of the football games. And the in-game decision-making that really got him driven out of Knoxville. But if I was Butch Jones, one, you're learning under Nick Saban. Two, you're getting unbelievable knowledge of what is the best machine run in the world of college football. And you're making $200,000 a month from your former employer. A pretty sweet gig, to be 100% honest with you. There's really no doubt about it. You know, as we see student athletes figure out they have more and more power to make change, the people who have the most power are these agents for college football coaches because they can get these universities to sign the dotted line and those contracts are guaranteed. Not a bad deal. Obviously, it takes a while to get to the top in college football if you want to become a head coach, and you can't really fake it till you make it unless you are Willie Taggart, of course. But you got to be kidding me. I mean, these coaches are raking it in, and that will not stop anytime soon. That will not stop anytime soon, and I don't blame them. Look, I do not blame them. had an assistant coach when I was with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We used to be in meetings. He would say, look, you guys don't have to listen when I'm giving you instructions in the meetings. Because if you guys get cut, you stop getting paid. If I get cut and they fire me, I'm going to go to my beach house in Myrtle Beach, which is paid for. I was like, yeah, that's a a great way to look at it. These coaches are set, man. Those guaranteed contracts are pretty sweet. Check out that article, though, about Mark Stoops and how Kentucky's head coach could have the best job in college football. Making millions, coaching in the SEC, and still living a sane life is the byline by Stephen Godfrey from Banner Society. Pretty cool, cool article. Again, I saw the tweet. I laughed. I said, come on. This has got to be clickbait. And then you read the article, and you're like, wow. That is pretty remarkable. Barrett Salee asks, is Kentucky going to be the team that creates chaos in the SEC East in 2020? I just – I can't buy Kentucky until they really get over the hump. I just I can't buy them beating Florida when it matters, beating Georgia when it matters. Hell, beating Tennessee if it comes down to it at the end of the 2020 season, if it matters. Is Mark Stoops a great coach? I mean, it seems like it. Can he recruit his ass off? Yeah, of course. Can they get across the finish line when rubber meets the road? That's where I have the biggest questions. And I have a hard time prognosticating in June unless you've done it before. Like, will Georgia beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa? <laughs> I don't think so as of right now. Why? Because they have not proven it in the past. That's how I feel. I will be extremely pessimistic that week. In Tuscaloosa, Kirby versus Saban. New quarterback for Georgia. Yes, Alabama will have a new quarterback too. I mean, Mac Jones, of course, played when Tua was injured last year. But look, you got to prove it. And And I don't see why you would go into that game overly optimistic unless something changes or unless there is a dramatic shift in what we expect that third weekend in September. But when it comes back to Kentucky, they've got the talent, they've got the coach. Just got to put it all together and win the games that matter most. Because seven a year is sweet for Mark Stoops, not exactly amazing for the student-athletes. It'll be interesting, though. It'll be interesting. I, I just enjoyed reading that article because, one, it had nothing to do with pandemic, and, two, it was fun to read about some coaches in the SEC and really just how lucrative and persuasive some of those college football coaching contracts are. So, Nicole, I appreciate your, your review. Thank you for rating and reviewing and subscribing to Punt and Pass. We always appreciate that. I'll give you the day off tomorrow, Nicole. You won't have to listen to me. Hopefully, it allows me a day to gather up some more headlines about college football on the field this fall. And then we'll round out the week Thursday and Friday, keeping everybody up to date on what's going on across this great nation when it comes to college football. So be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Punt and Pass. And I'm at Drew Butler on Twitter and Instagram. And I keep telling you because we keep working on it, brand new PuntandPass.com in the works, coming out in the next couple of weeks. Should be a lot of fun. A great place for you to bookmark and keep everything in front of you for what you need to know. We'll have a blog. We'll have a merchandise shop. We'll have links to anything and everything that will keep you as the most knowledgeable college football fan in the nation because you listen to the most experienced college football podcast, which, of course, is Punt and Pass. So thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you on Thursday. See you.